Yo, what is up? We're back. Another episode, episode 21 of Novelty Voice. I'm sitting here with a good friend, Tristan Parmley. What's good, bro? Dude, everything is good. Life good. is great. Right on. Yeah, we're sitting here at uh, 120 Collective Wave One Media. Um, if you have a podcast that you're trying to start, get up and running, this is a great studio to do that. Um, Tristan actually has a podcast out of here as well, so he can attest to this. We're sitting at uh, Monument Circle, 120 East Market Street. Mm -hmm. um, so give him a follow on Instagram. Um, real quick, though, wanted to touch on, you know, what we're about here at Novelty Voice. And basically, this is just a platform for creative entrepreneurs and professionals to be heard. You know, our goal is to interview really successful or up and coming movers and doers, get to know them more on a personal level, uncover their journey, their mindset, their vision for what they're doing, and hopefully, hopefully give them an opportunity to share their story and inspire people who are listening to turn their dreams into reality. That's a dope mission, by the way. Right on, right on. So, uh, yeah, we're sitting here with Tristan, and he is an entrepreneur, the, an owner of a digital agency called Amplified Progression Revenue. It's a mouthful, yeah. We go, just Ampro Revenue. Ampro <laughs> Revenue, I like it. And then uh, co-host of his own podcast, like I said, it's called Mind Fluxed. So I'm going to take it back from to the very beginning. What up, Robbie? How you doing? He's not uh, even looking at it. <laughs> he, he waved, he waved. Oh, okay, okay. Um, to the very beginning, where are you from, man? Uh, so I'm from French Lake, Indiana, tiny, okay. tiny town. Really? I didn't uh, know that. Yeah, I was born in Riverside, California, though. Okay. So I go back and forth pretty much yearly until I started running in college. I haven't been back in two years. Um, so I'm like a little bit of a mutt, a little bit from <laughs> the city and the country. So when did you move to Indiana? Uh, when I was a baby, baby. Okay. Um, I live with my grandparents and my mom and... Um, my other grandparents, like the other half of me is from California. Mm -hmm. So I spent every summer, you know, winter breaks, you know, stuff like that, going back to California. But the school year, I always stayed in Indiana. Gotcha. Um, the the way you start school is, it, is like in September then. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't make the cutoff to be in school. And my mom wanted me in there like immediately. It's like just turned five. Like I was four gotcha. turning five. And she was like, you're just going to go to school in Indiana. What system did you go through? Just like the public school Well, system. like, uh, yeah, which school, I guess? Oh, it's small school, Springs Valley. It's like, I graduated with 59 kids. No shit. <laughs> yeah. 59 kids? Yeah, dude. Yeah. Oh, and, and wow. Like, what was that like? It's tiny. Yeah. I mean, everybody knows everybody. Um, everybody knows everybody's business. I know, mm. I still know people in school. I know their brothers, their sisters, their grandpa. Yeah. Hey, everybody. So where were you uh, from in California then? Riverside. Riverside. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. And that's close to where exactly? I mean, Los Angeles. It's it's not, you know, so close like a township like Noblesville or, okay. or something is here. Yeah. Um, But a close enough drive. Like my sister's in high school in LA. Okay. Um, gotcha. And, and it's really close to, you know, San Bernardino and like a b bunch of other like largely known like cities in California. Uh, it's pretty big. Okay. Dope. And so how many siblings do you have? Uh. <laughs> It's a, uh, a lot. Really? Uh, yeah, they're all over the place. Uh, I have a sister in California, a sister in Texas, a sister here in Indiana, a brother here, um, some siblings that aren't my, like, complete, you know, siblings. Yeah. Actually, none of them are complete siblings. They're all half-siblings. Half, and then okay. some that are, like, step, we're half. married, yeah, ex-step, you know what uh, I mean? Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Like, just people I still could call, you know, my siblings. For um, sure. In total, if you total it up and the the ones I, I might have that look <laughs> just like me, um, I have like eight or nine 
uh, and all girls except for one. Really? Are you yeah. so? Are you the youngest or? No, um, from my mom, I'm the middle child. So okay. my sister's eight years older than me. Brother's four years younger than me. Gotcha. Okay. And then, so what were your hobbies like growing up? Um, pretty much everything, man. Like, mm-hmm. the cool thing about living in the country is that you can do whatever you want to do, mm-hmm. like anytime. Yeah. And um, we had you know four wheelers. We my grandpa had property, and that's where I was all the time. He had a pond, you know, you do all that fun stuff like shoot guns, you know, yeehaw. Um, it was it was really cool. Uh, and then we were in French Lick, which started to turn into like a really big like tourist town. Um, you know, there's like an indoor water park and like all this stuff. So like uh, I had honestly like a lot to do and I was outside all the time, like imagination, like going crazy. Yeah. And then when I'd go to California, it's densely packed, like sardines. <laughs> so there was always something to do as well. Um, and there were always kids to play with. Like it, it was cool in California. I didn't speak, speak a lick of Spanish at all. And every kid on my blocks was Hispanic. None of them spoke English. So, um, it was really cool playing with them. And then in French Lick, we had a bunch of kids that like across our road, you know, mm-hmm. as close as neighbors can get, uh, that were all our age. So we had like a gang of like 10 or 12 of us that would just ride our bikes and do all that fun stuff. So That's dope. I feel that right on. Okay. And then, so growing up, you know, what did you dream of being when you got older? What was that dream job for you? Uh, it always changed. Like I, I'm one of those guys. I love everything. Like I'm a super nerd. Like I'm, I'm like always like, like laughing, like doing like fun stuff. I, I really, really wanted to be a pilot because I really? flew every year. I flew like mm. five or six times a year and I flew alone. Like okay. as a 10 year old, I would get escorted by, you know, security. They take you through. Um, and I'd be in airports just sitting there waiting, meeting strangers from all across the world. And I thought that's what the, you know, the pilot life was like. Mm. And, um, that's what made me so social is that I'm literally traveling every year by myself as a kid. So I'm like getting these experiences that like you like just commonly wouldn't see. And I'm seeing all kinds of people, like people that aren't in my town, like in French Lake, it's a very white, like tiny country town. Mm -hmm. Like there's no diversity. Um, and so I would sit next to somebody from the Middle East on my plane, or, and I would sit with people from, you know, Chicago or downtown Los Angeles that are flying somewhere, you know, east. Um, and it was really cool. So mm-hmm. I, I got to, like, meet all kinds of people and travel all over. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Did that, um, traveling alone at such a young age, did that kind of scare you growing up? Because I remember, like, if I lost my parents in the grocery store, like, I'd kind of freak out, you know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's funny, actually. Um... <laughs> No, Um, because my mom would always say, like, he never meets a stranger when I would be in public, like, talking to people. You know Mm. what I mean? Like, kids Mm. are curious, and a lot of times parents are, like, they, like, pull them away, and they're, like, you know, don't talk to strangers. Like, do do this. My mom would, she'd still pull me away, but she'd like, oh, he never meets a stranger. So I, like, had that, like, paradigm, like, within already. Mm. Um, And on top of that, I had no other choice. Like, I was alone. Yeah. So um, when I was with my grandpa, too, I was raised by like a lot of old people and they, you know, old people are very independent. Like they're very like, he would do like his Sudoku puzzles and like sit there. (laughs) Right. And like send me off, like, go do this, go do that. I'm going to do this, go do that. And I would go do it by myself. Mm -hmm. So I was very, very good at being independent. I've always been really, really good at being independent to where like, in a way it's made me like a good type of fearless, like Mm. to where I like, obviously I've, calculate things because yeah. I've ended up in situations you don't want to end up in, <laughs> but it always works out. Awesome. Okay. And then, so, um, you go through high school and did you play any sports in high school? Yeah. Yeah. So I ran track. I just made a video about this today. 
Uh, I started running track in high school my sophomore year. Um, had some talent. Had a coach take interest in me. Ended up being um, a walk-on at Indiana State, uh, which turned into a full ride, university uh, record, NCAA qualifications. Ooh. Like 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 real level athlete stuff like yeah. i have friends who are olympians like now awesome. i have friends running for adidas and nike um like and those are like my network of like the closest people um which is really really cool because i never even like dreamed of like the olympics as mm. like a kid like it just didn't even cross your cross my mind yeah, like we didn't yeah. even have a track yeah so and then to go to a team where i had like literally like all americans like mm-hmm. and and what's crazy about track is it's not like football where like all american can be like a vote or a team it's like there are only 30 people 32 people who qualify yeah for this out of the whole country of all 312 division one schools right and there was only two percent of high school kids even go to the division one right and then only like half a percent of those not even a quarter of a percent make it to nationals and these kids are from all over the world ireland barbados uh england canada like everywhere that's dope and i was like i was so mind blown dude so i was a walk on and then i ended up turning full ride and all my dreams came true it's crazy yeah bro i was uh i was on your instagram actually today looking at some pictures and you had the braids you're looking furious like you were (laughs) you were mean back then bro (laughs) yeah i was mean too man there was a lot going on a business a baby uh division one track and college like having to graduate because you have to graduate to run how how uh, young are you 22 okay and then um you have a kid carter right yes i do how old is carter one one what's so what's the biggest thing um you know having a kid honestly at a young age you know what's that biggest lesson that you learned from becoming a father yeah um well what's crazy like there's really power in the tongue Mm. like what you speak like you will get Mm. for sure and i said this for a whole year i've got teammates and like friends who will like like be testimony to it um teammates with kids too and i would be like you know if i could afford a kid i would have one right now like young really yeah 20 21 because everyone in my family had kids young my Mm. sister had or my mom had my sister when she was like 15 16 my sister had her first when she was like 16 17 of course that's not ideal you know but they all figured it out and everyone was like even though we had nothing like no pot to piss in like nothing they are so happy in a community. We had five generations alive at one time. Mm. My great-grandma, my grandma, my sister. uh, I mean, my great-grandma, my grandma, my mom, my sister, and her daughter. Mm. Like, five generations. Like, imagine if you go back to your great-great-great, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, it's just like, to me, it was the most beautiful thing. And I was like, I just get started young. If I had the money, I'd get started young. And when I found out we were having a baby, I was like, well, looks like I'm going to get the money. <laughs> and, and that started happening too. So, nice. um, but I always wanted to be a dad. Like it's all I ever wanted. I didn't have one. Mm. Um, I had like a lot of different men step in and be that role, you know, from coaches to uh, my brother's dad. I, you know, I call my dad um, for those years that he was there and he's still, you know, around and uh, I never had that. And so I would see these other kids in a tiny community. You mm. know what I mean? So yeah. every kid has their parents there, yeah, you know, true. and I'm like the only one who doesn't. And, mm. like, I'd go to houses and, like, you know, at one point we had 13 people living in a trailer. Oh, wow. And they had, you know, I'd go to, like, a house. Like, a house. N- not one you can put on wheels and move. Yeah. A house. Yeah. And there would be parents and kids. And they, like, had dinner together. And they did all this stuff. And I was like, oh. 
And I would like, kind of like project that like not having a dad, you know what I mean? And mm. that was the reason. So I was like, that's what I want. I want a dad. Like, I want to be a dad. And I'm going to I'm gonna do that. If I could have kids, I'd do it right now. If I could afford it. And uh, The power of the tongue. And it happened. So it, it's that the lesson that I learned is that the power is in the tongue. Like if you say it <laughs> enough, whether you mean it or not, be careful what you wish for, it will happen for yeah, sure. That's facts. That's facts. And so in college, you ran track. Um, what was your major? Exercise science. Okay. And then... Did, so did you go to ISU because of track then? Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Um, I got in a lot of trouble when I was younger, and my GPA was not good enough for academic scholarship. Mm. And because of a short marriage, I did not get any state aid, like 21st century scholar, any of that stuff. Gotcha. I had, like, nothing. Mm. So really, the only way I was going to put myself in debt was if it was something I wanted to do. Yeah. And it's really easy in a small community to just not go to school and, like, get a job. It's very cheap to live. Um, and I really considered that, but when I got that opportunity to run at one place, like the only school that said I could, um, it was, it was a no brainer. Like I had to do it and it worked out. So besides, uh, the athletic side of things, did you enjoy college on the academic level? What was your experience like? Uh, it was great. So my partner, he's upstairs in our office. Yeah. Um, we met random roommates. I was supposed to live with a teammate. He was supposed to live with his friend. Art, like that we all know each other now but um it was crazy like he is from indianapolis he went to north century graduated with like 800 kids like um he's black i'm white like he has totally different demeanors his learning style like he's a totally different individual yeah than me and he sees yeah. me french lick like Googles, i was looking at that french that mind flex right there right yeah. when you're talking yeah. about it, I was like, yeah so <laughs> he uh he has He's just totally different, right? Mm-hmm. And he, like, I remember, too, like, he was so terrified. I was going to be this country, like, kid. And we hit it off. <laughs> and because of that, really, my college experience was great. That's awesome. Because I learned, I met so many people that I would not have met. Like, yeah. the people that I naturally gravitated towards, they were great. Mm-hmm. I'm still friends with some of them. But I was able to shy away because I was able to meet better people from his friend group. Gotcha. And he was able to do the same thing. Mm. Um, on the academic level... Like I said, I'm a nerd. I like everything. Chemistry, <laughs> physics, like it doesn't matter. Like I like to learn. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why my name's T Parm Teach. Like I like to learn. Um, so school was no problem uh, until I started a business and then I had track. And then I also had a baby and I was like, this is like this such is a, a waste of time. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, being able to kind of like look back on things and see how all the dots connect, you know? Yeah. And probably if it wasn't for, it, it's facts, if it wasn't for you making that decision to go to school, you would have never met Josh and you would yeah. never be in the position that you're in now. Yeah. Um, so that's awesome. Um, my next question for you would be, so here, what, do I, what did I have here? Uh, real quick before you say that too, because yeah. you said like going to college, like it's the way it's like, because as an entrepreneur, like people think that, like you're not supposed to go to college or like they tell everybody like drop out or pursue your thing at like 18 19 20 even as an entrepreneur knowing what you want to do is nearly impossible at that age Mm. it really is like you don't know what you don't know so there's no way you can know what you want to do like no matter what opportunity you have like you i mean very slim yeah do you really know at that age i was 17 when i went in so I, if it's not going to put you in debt, right? If you have the opportunity, if you got parents that'll pay for it, whatever it is, you got a scholarship, 
I would always say at least go for a year or yeah, two years. Test it out. That's, see what happens. It's the first time most people leave the house. Mm-hmm. It's the first time most people have real independence. Like, I was independent. I was cool. But, like, all my friends, totally different. They yeah. weren't independent before college. It's the first time you meet that many people the same age as you from all over the world. Mm. No matter what school you go to, like, you can go to a private school. You're still going to meet more people from all over the world. And that's going to help your, like, learning curve of life, like, way faster. So mm. if anything, go for the people if it's not going to put you in, like, a bad situation. Because for me, all the people I've got now, like, my close group, like, I got people on, like, on tour with Sway Lee and, like, ev- like everybody, like, met in college. He mm. left college. That's great. <laughs> but met in college, right? Like, and for me, it was, like, Olympians, you know, other athletes, like, other other entrepreneurs, other people who are, like, pursuing their dream hard, like, going to be doctors that I can ask, like, hey, you remember this class like what what can you tell me about like my own body now because you, you mm. focused on it and i forgot about it <laughs> um I, I say go so it's like something that i like want to say if it's it, you know there, that's a big uh debate with a lot of people especially if you're an entrepreneur and so that that's actually a perfect segue into what i was going to ask was when was that moment that you decided to become an entrepreneur yeah um it was kind of like Almost on the fly, but not really. I feel like I was getting prepared for it like my whole life Mm -hmm. because I was super independent. Uh, I was definitely motivated by money, but not in the bad way. Mm. I had to be. Yeah. Uh, Even in high school, like working in high school because I had to, you know, not because I wanted to and I wanted to get extra things. It's like if I'm (laughs) like I have to, you know, Um, but like my grandpa, he would put me to work. He's like, if you want this here's what you can do to get the X amount of dollars you need for it. Mm-hmm. It would be like random stuff. Like just, he would, he literally one time he made me just dig a hole and fill it back in. <laughs> that's it. Like, that's not, awesome. Though. Like, Looking back it, on that, like bro, yes. that's like some, um, uh, karate kid yes. stuff. <laughs> like, what am I digging this hole for? And he's like, you'll find out when we're done. And then he was like, fill it back in. He's like, mm. I didn't have any work for you to do. You know, crazy. Just, I will try anything because my grandpa would just like, have me do everything you know what i mean like um didn't shy away from it and so i was learning about money that way and then i just made a video about this too um one of my friends my cousins uh, we looked up to but we probably like shouldn't have at the time (laughs) got in trouble and like he bought his own Wii, and his parents like were like well we can take away this this and this but not the Wii. he bought it you know he bought it himself so Mm. like he worked for it he bought himself it's all he ever wanted we didn't have the money for it he did it we can't really take that piece away from, and I overheard the conversation. They were talking to my mom and I it was like, ding, like <laughs> if I buy, if I buy it myself, nobody's going to take it away. Right. And so I saved up, uh, one and $2 bills, like, or not $2 bills, but ones and twos, you know, from the concession stand. And then I like, asked my grandpa for work for like a year, two years. So I could buy Xbox 360 because <laughs> nobody could take it away. <laughs> um, and that like those two things really made me realize like, no matter what it is like you're gonna get what you put into it Mm -hmm. and so when we started our business when josh came home and he's like yo i think i want to take this course like i think i want to like do this Mm -hmm. are you in i just started filtering through like a list of files in my head of like different situations where it could be profitable where i could like put work in and get work out i had no money for the course i had nothing you know i I tried network marketing but i couldn't do it as an athlete Mm. and i made money in network marketing so i was like I can make money yeah, and I can make more than I'll make going to grad school for PT, which is what I was on track for. So yeah, it I'm only in. made sense. Yeah, yeah. And I just like, I was washing dishes. I turned around. I was like, 
yeah. <laughs> if you can pay for the course, I'll put in the work. I can't, I can't pay for the course. And then the rest was history. So was that course the Ty Lopez SMMA course? Yeah, we were in the test group, like the first group. Yeah, bro, same. And, and that's the thing is uh, he came out with that because I previously took his 67 steps. You know, everyone was super skeptical about this guy. And mm-hmm. I saw one of his ads. I was looking up some YouTube video and I came across his 67 steps and was just like, screw it. I'll, I'm going to try it. It's not going to hurt anything. Absolutely changed my life. And so when he came out with that SMMA program, I was like, OK, this is my ticket after college to not yeah. jump into corporate America. Exactly. I'm going to start a digital <laughs> marketing agency. This makes sense. Yeah. Um, so I want to know your perspective on um Ty Lopez and in that course that you guys went through um, during during college, you know, this was obviously was this your first entrepreneurial um, journey then as far as like this first business that you started? Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, I did the network marketing um, and that went well. And that's like, you know, these categories that is your little sub business. But like it was not for me, it was not scalable as an athlete. Mm. And I even went to a coach and he was like, you're going to get kicked off the team. You're going to lose your eligibility. Like, don't do this. And I was like, okay, shit. <laughs> um, so um, it was like my first like actual journey. Um, courses like that, courses like ties, like they're only guys. I know a lot of people like will come out and call them a scam or whatever. Like people were like making fun of us, like calling us like the Ty Lopez kids because we posted his stuff and like talk about it. But they're still in college or living at home. Mm. They're still failing courses. Like then <laughs> they're still broke, and we're a different kind of broke. We're less broke than them you know what i mean yeah if you want to just talk about the money if you talk about mindset nothing will improve your mindset more than buying something like that you know Mm -hmm. what i mean because it demands that you function at a higher level facts you have to demand like it this is the only way you'll get the results and they tell you that Mm. so courses like that they're amazing but they're also deconstructed to fit the overall um, so for example, we work with chiropractors okay. and restaurants. It was not made for chiropractors or restaurants. Mm. It was made for the agency model. Yeah. Then you have to go and plug and play and figure it out for your individual industry. Like they can't give you give away the farm because that would require them also doing it for chiropractors and restaurants. So people are like, Oh, they have no idea what they're doing. Cause it's not teaching me how to work with, um, under ba- underwater basket weavers. And they're like, <laughs> duh. Like you expect <laughs> them to just go make this for every single business on earth you have to like take it and apply it and and realize yes you're getting like the information like directly from the horse's mouth mm-hmm. but like you can lead a horse to water you can't force it to drink like you nice. have you have to um go and like apply it and test and learn and fail and like that's what we did hard like, yeah we failed hard multiple times um we fail all the time yeah but we applied it immediately and we saw the immediate benefits. So we bought another course and another course, another course, another course. And we've spent a lot of money on information and it's always, but worked. all worth it. All every worth single it. Time, priceless, every single time, even ones that aren't business models, mm. the ones that are literally just information. Yeah. Like, um, I did uh, Ty Lopez's millionaire mentor because mm. it was just like, what are the things you would have to do to act this way? And I started changing my routines and habits and we started generating more money. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so on Ty, like the perspective of Ty, I think, you know, he's awesome. Um, I am not using his stuff right now because I've already finished it. Mm-hmm. I finished everything I bought from him. I'm on to like, I wouldn't say bigger and better things, but more in depth things. Like now I'm into things for my niche. I'm gotcha. into like software for my niche. I'm into the next level. So 
I think it's a great starting point. For sure. And so what would be your biggest struggles as an entrepreneur? What is what are the pressures as an entrepreneur that you have to you and your partner deal with on a, a consistent basis? Uh, honestly, results and sales. Mm. I mean, people like people try to switch the two, like go sell, 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 and then figure out how you're going to get the result. That will implode fast. <laughs> yeah. We did it. Like we hit the six figure mark in college with the baby with like I was spending maybe two hours a day. Maybe because that's all I had because yeah. I had to be four hours of practice, including weights. I had to be in class. I had, you know, all this stuff is going on. Um, maybe two hours a day. But you were just pushing the sales. Just the sales. We're just like, hey, let's close some clients. Here, here. And we didn't even close that many. Like people will give you money for stuff. Like, yeah. It's crazy realizing that like people will pay you for stuff. But then after that, like, you, you would have to get the result. If you can figure out how to get any result first that people like, you are infinitely scalable. Mm. Like <laughs> you can get um, the result, like for example, generating leads. If you know exactly how to do that and it's duplicable, it's infinitely scalable. If it is underwater basket weaving and you have the perfect method for doing that, you can duplicate the process. Like there's systems for everything. Mm. And um, I just heard a speaker talk and he was like, entrepreneurs solve problems and CEOs create systems. A lot of people try to be CEOs before they're entrepreneurs. If you're not solving a problem, i.e. getting a result, how are you going to make a system? How are you going to duplicate it? How are you going to get more sales that will implode? Mm. Um, so I learned that definitely the hard way. You know, we're getting all this stuff together. We're, you know, getting all these sales and um, it wasn't like duplicable. And it was also because we weren't working in like a, a niche or a focus. We would take on anything. I yeah. Mean, car dealership, uh, like central oil place, <coughs> restaurants, coffee shops, like uh, random entrepreneurs. Like people are like, oh, you know, marketing here, we'll give you some money. And we didn't realize that little how little that money was compared to like where we could go if we just focused on one thing mm -hmm. um so really like narrowing our focus and concentrating on the result is like the biggest thing that i learned so you're basically telling me that make sure that you can actually add value to these people before you accept their money <laughs> <laughs> yeah um yeah, and there's a lot of places like if you already know like what the product is, mm -hmm. there's also, there's ways to guarantee adding the value if it's not from like you yourself. For example, you can outsource. Like if somebody else has an exact result, say you're a photographer, mm -hmm. right? Or let's just use Landon. Everybody knows who Landon is, right? Yeah. So I need a photo shoot done. A client needs a photo shoot done, and I know Landon charges five thousand dollars every single time. This is what it's going to be. I have no idea what Landon charges. FYI, <laughs> I have no idea. I can go charge them $6,000 and make sure it gets it done. Yep. It's the who before the how. Because if you spend so much time trying to learn photo and learn all this stuff, you're missing out. Like Your opportunity cost is way too high. Mm. It might take you seven years to be able to make six figures doing that if you don't have, if you're focusing on trying to sell your photos and then like write blogs about your photos and then teach other people how to do photos instead of like just being the photo like, guy like you know being the guy the problem solver like if they come to you with the problem hey i need photos you can get the person or the thing to get it that will help you like significantly because a lot of people don't know what they want to do yeah a lot of people don't know what they want to be and that's okay to just be the guy mm. like like that's the t-parm teach thing i like learning because then i can spit stuff back out and you want to be that guy i'd be the guy yeah. like if somebody comes to me with a problem like right now Almost any problem people come to me, I know the person or the place or the product. 
that will solve it. I like that. And and I'm I'm at this level. Mm-hmm. Like imagine when I'm here. Yeah. And I have a network of people under me who know the people, the places, and the products that'll solve those people's problems. And that's what it's really about. That that's what I think it really means to be an entrepreneur. And why I'm an entrepreneur is because I solve problems. I always have been. And like ever since I was a kid, ever since I was by myself, just solving problems. I like that. So let me ask you this: you you get in this position where you take on all these clients, right? And then yeah. you finally have that epiphany and that realization where you're like, oh shit, we can't really like we we don't know what we're doing. Like we can't <laughs> fulfill on what we actually told them. So. Was that a difficult time as far as, and I don't know how it played out, so you can kind of, you know, talk mm-hmm. through this, but is that hard, you know, closing someone on, let's say a thousand, two thousand $2,000 a month, which, you know, to some people that's not that much money, but in reality, I mean, that's quite a bit of money, you yeah, know, I mean, so who, who listening to this could use an extra thousand, two thousand dollars $2,000. Exactly. Like, exactly. <laughs> and so like when you close a client at that price and then realize or whatever happened, like you, you can't fulfill on what you actually told them you were going to do was that mm-hmm. hard basically telling them did they have to just be like okay you guys are fired do you go to them and like how did that play out yeah no so for us it wasn't like over promising and under delivering okay. at all we delivered on what we sold gotcha but what we sold slash what they wanted did not have the effect that like Mm. they expected or sometimes we expected like for example clients wanted us to post on their social media because they heard somewhere and we heard somewhere posting a lot is going to make you more money that's it that's all we heard so we're like okay so like yeah we'll go get your photos and we'll schedule out your posts and we'll write your captions that's what you want that's what we want right everybody's happy but when you look six months later and they're like okay we've done all this where's the rest Where's the result of what you said? Exactly. Yeah. So we're like, well, we have all the data. We have all of your stuff growing. We have like all of your traffic. What's it say in-house? Mm. And they couldn't report the same thing back to us. Um, so, yes, it was still our fault because we weren't selling a result. Mm. We were just doing like an exchange that they saw as value. But what was really happening, and it, it took us hiring a mentor for our agency to realize this, is we were selling them, selling them things as a marketing agency, and like you're supposed to make them money, right? Mm-hmm. And we're selling, selling them things that they're happy with, where we can fulfill easily, but it's not making them money. That's not scalable, mm-hmm. right? Because we, like I said, it will later implode, and yeah. you won't be able to keep that client. They won't be able to keep paying you, or you won't be able to keep outsourcing that product or getting the result, right? So, um, for us, it was like us talking to our clients and just being like, dude, like you're not getting anything from this. Like you don't have to pay us anymore. Like, like I know you think that posting this many times a day cause you're doing some on your own. Is it going to do this? But like, you don't have like, you don't even have your point of sale system like ready to like go with email lists. Mm-hmm. So, like we can't collect people and like create an awards reward system. You know what I mean? Like there's like little stuff here. So we're like, it was like a, a mutual, like, break like almost like a mutual breakup yeah where it's like we're both not getting crazy value from this and so we started cutting off some of those contracts and clients because which was a big hit for us because obviously we now have more expenses Mm -hmm. um but we started kind of like realizing that it was us they they didn't get mad at us um per se it was like josh and i really sitting down and being like this is not we're not getting what we want yet yeah which means we're not doing the right thing 
So what could be going wrong here? And that takes a huge level of maturity. It really does because a lot of people um, in that situation are like, oh, well, the money's still coming in. Let's just kind of keep doing what we're doing and everything will be okay. But being able to realize, okay, taking a step back and like, okay, wait, this actually isn't giving the results that we thought. Like, what what are we doing wrong here? What can we do better? And, you know, how do we fix this going forward? So mm-hmm. props to you. Appreciate because it, a lot man. of people would, you know, not necessarily take that approach, which is sad to say, yeah. unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's cool. And I guess my question then is, what would be your advice to the people that are going out there and starting their own business? What's that, that you know, one, two pieces of golden advice that you would have for them? Um, I mean, figure out no matter what the result is, that you can guarantee a result first. Like somebody came to me the other day, and this happens to me all the time. It's very, very frustrating. And people who don't know what they want to do a lot of times or don't have the result yet will go to people and say, hey, let's partner on something that's mutually beneficial for me and you, and it's because they want what the other person has. But when the other person comes back and say, well, what can you give me? 99% of the time, they don't have anything. And that happened, again, to me. So I said, okay, well, what is this going to do for me? you got to be able to lead that. The reason why you take that approach is not being mean. It's because when you go to a business owner or you go to a person and you carry your camera or your underwater baskets and um, you say, hey, buy this thing for me, they need to know what it's going to do for them. Mm. If you cannot guarantee the result first, it will never work. Like you can talk sales and you like, well, I believe it will do this, this, and this. I have the info to do this and this. They might be a family friend and just be willing to give you the money. And... Um, that might make you feel really great, but if you are serious about like doing it on your own, you have to be able to get some result, and that's just the facts. You know, it's not the feelings. Like there has to be fruit for what you're doing, mm. and that does not mean you have to go out there and make other people millions of dollars. Like that's what Josh and I's goal is. It's not about us. It's like we were trying to make people like free from their business, like free from their thing, um, and and be able to live the lives you know that they want to live, mm-hmm. but. For some people, like, it's the baskets or, or, you know, face cleaning or, like, doing nails, right, or um, teaching basketball to kids. Whatever it is, when that person accepts X from you, they better get Y, Z, and a second alphabet. Mm. Like, they, they another language. They need to get something value that they've never even knew was there by just accepting X. Like, you need to over-deliver on, like the microsecond basis, like everything you do needs to be overdone. And if you do that, you will literally get whatever you want mm. for fact. I love that. And so I want to give you um, a second to uh, talk about your agency. You know, what do you guys do? What's your specialties? Um, the mic is yours on this one. Yeah. So we actually uh, reworked our agency because we did the retainer model and we're not opposed to doing the retainer model because now we know exactly what we can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, we made our money. We were having an awesome time. We're like, oh yeah, we're entrepreneurs or business owners. Like we're not as proud of it as we could have been. And um, we completely switched our agency to performance based to where we literally do not get paid until they are a making money or B collecting the information that they want to collect. I love that. So like, we do not get a single dollar from all of our clients. We will front the ad budget up front for them, and they'll you know pay us back for that. Yeah. We also want the credit points. <laughs> but um, we do take all the risk off of them, and we have to get the result. And there has been times where we hadn't got the result in the first month. So we don't get paid by them. 
they give us their ad budget back, but we learn so much so fast. Yeah. It's a lot easier to do that than to say like, I'll just give you all your money back. Cause you probably can't do that six months down the road. You mm. know, if somebody's <laughs> giving you six grand or 60 grand. So, uh, we do performance based, um, lead generation, um, you know, reach, um, email campaigns, you know, stuff like that for restaurants and chiropractors, um, primarily chiro- chiropractors, um, at the moment because a, uh, it's a booming industry. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, B, a lot of chiropractors are like sub entrepreneurs. Like they're, they're really easy to work with, mm-hmm. um, in, in terms of their hard workers. Yeah. Uh, a lot of restaurant owners are overworked, so mm-hmm. it's very hard and their assistants, their managers don't have enough control to make decisions, but have just enough to, to like get in the way. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's like, you know, one of our struggles right now, but that's what we work with. And our whole goal, drive them traffic, get them customers, get them leads, get them Facebook opt-in leads, get them desktop SMS and convert them into sales. And we give them everything that they need to know to convert them into sales. We produce content, all that stuff. We're not a creative agency, but we do create for what we need to make. I love that. Notice how um, he talked about just doing that for restaurants and chiropractors when before they were taking on this and that coffee shops over here everything like that dealerships and so um the biggest thing that you know i've heard from multiple uh successful entrepreneurs and and everyone they always talk about find your niche find your niche and perfect that so you can duplicate that and then do it for the next so it's scalable yes and that's kind of like what you were talking about as well so yeah and and that's like like to the baskets, right? For mm-hmm. say, like if, if you make this basket or like flipping clothes, right? Uh, Carter's mom sells clothes on eBay, Poshmark, like all that stuff. And she makes like, makes a killing and she like, she, or she has the profit margin to make a killing, yeah. but she hasn't scaled it yet because uh, we'll argue and go back and forth because she'll try something and she's like, well, I'm going to try this type of clothes. I'm like, why would you do that? Cause she models the clothes when she wears them too. Okay. And that's what makes people buy them for more. Like mm. she's awesome. So I'm like, why would you go change the clothes? Like, this is working. Like, just do that thing, right? Mm. And um, if you keep doing that thing, you'll make enough money to dip into the other thing. And if you fail, it won't matter. And in the eBay Goodwill game, when you're broke and you have a baby and like daycare is like a thousand bucks a month, (laughs) uh, getting stuff from Goodwill for like three or four dollars, you'd spend 50 bucks. You can get a lot, right? That's a a big and little mistake. Um, So, you know, even in that space, anything can be a niche. It's just like your thing. It's not like you have to work with a specific type of client, though you should know the people you want to work with. Yeah. You should be able to like visualize them. You should be able to know what they do on the weekends. You should know what like everything about them. Uh, ClickFunnels calls it your dream 100. Um, you should know who they listen to, who they like, who they watch, you know, what they do. But the only way to do that is if you have that niche, you have that idea, you have who you want to work with, and then you just pursue people like them. Dude, there are 7 billion people on this earth. Do you really think there's not enough people with dollars to give you? <laughs> like, you've got to do it. It's all a numbers game. Exactly. It's all a numbers game. Okay, so talk about your, your podcast then. Um, you guys are doing some great things with that, getting on some super cool guests, um, Mindfluxed. What, yeah, man. First, where'd that name come from? I like it. And um, tell me a little bit about what you guys, like your why behind starting this podcast. Yeah, so, dude, so like you asked like about the Ty Lopez thing, right? Yeah. Like people used to make fun of us because we spent money to learn how to make money mm-hmm. that school was not doing, right? 
and then we bought more stuff. <laughs> and it's always worked out <laughs> every single time. And it happened because Josh and I both have had like emotionally traumatic experiences that make us realize like something has to change. We've mm. had financially traumatic experience. Something has to change. People in our life have had physically like their wellness and something has to change. So some always has to change. And we talked through names like all over the place. Like, and then I, I was listening. I literally heard the songs by flux pavilion. And I was like, flux, that means a change. Like, like I know what that means or flow or something like that. And I Googled it and it means to flow or to change continuously. I was like, dope. It <laughs> also sounds like fuck. <laughs> so, um, that was very, you know, interesting. And then we were talking about the brain. We were talking about like, we literally like four of us sat in a room, the four of us, Benji, our audio guy, Sanchez, our video guy. And we just like, we each had our own like Google sheet out and we were just like looking up synonyms, antonyms, like to all these things about like brain and change or brain and growth or mind. And we had all these names out and then the flux hit me cause the song like mm. hit me. And then I was like, mind flux. And then everybody was like, uh, Benji said the mind piece. And I was like, mind flux. And it came together. And everybody was like, whoa. <laughs> like, the, like the Mr. Krabs, like, like, like circle, like, yeah. <gasps> like, whoa. And then so then we just started like, do, 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 do. Like when I, once an idea comes out, like I'm a thousand miles per hour. Like I sound yeah. like Eminem on rap God. Just like, <laughs> and then we can do this. <laughs> like we started thinking of everything. And it just like compounded, but it started because of like the mission behind it, which is that like we realized we needed to change mm. and keep changing. Like a lot of people will do like a little change and they're like, well, well, I work out once a day now, you know, so I'm good. And then they don't get the result. Mm. Like their body changes. Your body is going to change for the rest of your life. Facts. Your brain is going to have to change for the rest of your life. The people around you is going to change. The weather's going to change. The car you drive, the house you live in, everything's changing around you. So if you don't realize that you have to change and adapt to it. Your house is not going to adapt to you. If it gets built, like, it gets built. The only way it's coming down is, like, a tornado, <laughs> like, or a fire. You know what I mean? Like, th most other changes are, like, destructive. The people who are in your life are in your life. Like, you and I are friends. The only way we would not be friends is if we made each other mad. It's, like, destructive, Facts, right? Yeah, yeah. Or one of us, God forbid, passed away, right? Those changes are all destructive. But to continue to grow, like, you have to have that change from within mm. if you keep developing you're just going to keep meeting more people and keep getting more houses keep getting more cars you know <laughs> whatever you want keep getting more baskets like more nails the more you change the more you get mm. so we like realized that and we we're like man this is like so perfect and then the name came together and people really understand it's so crystal clear what we're talking about like mind flux like change and we try to bring in like that that new perspective and um me being like a super nerd, like I'll learn about anything. Like physics, one of my favorite classes, it has nothing to do with what I do. But uh, I'll learn about anything because somehow it ties together with what I'm doing, mm. like business or people or relationships. And the more I learn, the more I'm able to articulate what other people need or other people want. The more I learn, I'm able to solve more people's problems and I can serve other people. And Josh is, you know, the same way, totally opposite version, but the same way. Yeah. And our guests are the same, maybe in their own niche, fitness or personal development or business, you know, whatever they come on for, you know, from all over. Um, but it, everybody in, in our circle is almost the same way. And it's like, 
we're building like a community with it. I love that. And so why do you think though, it's so hard? Cause it's, it's facts. We're in a world that's constantly changing. Yeah. Our bodies are constantly changing. I don't know. You, you might actually know this. I think it's, uh, every seven years that you're, you're, you have a hundred percent, like your, your cells are completely different in your body. Like you are a completely different person. Right. And so realizing that we're in a constant motion of change for me one day that kind of just clicked and I was like okay this makes sense I I have to accept change I have Mm -hmm. to be willing to change why do you think it's so hard for people to understand that you know because there's a lot of people that get caught into the motion of just the same thing over and over and over Mm -hmm. again and they just think that's how it's supposed to be yeah I mean it's an accumulation of things man like it's uh fear Mm. Uh, frustration they try to step out they get stomped on you know Uh, failure Um, guidance like you know uh, comfort Mm. there's I mean there's so many reasons and like Josh and I used to get so frustrated like why aren't people just listening to the same (laughs) thing like why won't they just listen to the same thing we're listening to don't even listen to me you know and that's that's like I've told people that like if, if I'm not confident that someone is hearing me they're just hearing what I'm saying or if I'm not confident that somebody is like really taking to heart what I'm saying, I will intentionally say every single time, this didn't come from me. It came from blank. Like I'll cite my source. Yeah. Because it's clear they don't trust me enough to take the information that I'm like wholeheartedly giving them. Mm. And so um, a lot of people, man, it's fear. And a lot of people aren't that ambitious. I mean, people want to do good. I think innately everyone wants to do good or be good at something. No one likes feeling bad or doing bad. Like, it's very hard to like being bad, you know what I mean? Or doing bad things or feeling sad, you know what I mean? Like from mental health to physical health, like nobody likes quote unquote the bad things. Um, but when you try to do the opposite, you get stepped on, you get mm. kicked. You Feels kind of weird, uncomfortable. It, it, yeah, dude, like we buy Ty Lopez program. People are roasting us. <laughs> like you spent money to learn how to make money. <laughs> what? You're paying for college. It's the same thing. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Or like people try to get fit. Like a big guy goes in the gym and somebody like laughs at him because he's sweating. You know what I mean? They're like, mm-hmm. oh, look at that fat guy sweating on the treadmill. And he's like, man, I'm in here like trying to do good. And people want to make fun of me. And he stops going, you know, or people start reading. Right. Because like reading is so incredible, not because of what is in the book, like literally what it does to your brain. Thanks. Um, and people are like, oh, you read all the time? Nerd. <laughs> Nerd. <laughs> like, and they get roasted from elementary to whatever, and then they stop doing it. And mm. so what happens is every time they step out, there's, I mean, people are always going to have stuff to say. People, but people aren't always trying to be negative. Just yeah. like people who are trying to be positive aren't always actually being positive. You know mm. what I'm saying? Yeah. So um, for people, it's like that accumulation. And like, that's when like, that's when the, the stereotype like saying like block out the haters and like all that stuff comes from no you need that you need that criticism like you need um you need those those little like reflections because people will tell you what they see it's not it's not that they're trying to hurt your feelings a lot of times it's like people are just telling you what they see facts and for me like i love it i say i disagree i'm like I, I just agree like thanks man like people roast me for all kinds of stuff like i'm just like awesome like that's either something i can change to a degree or in my head, I know why I'm doing it. So like, why? Yeah, yeah, like why? Why be mad? That's the that's one of the biggest things that um, impacted my life was when uh, I made that change to just take 
constructive criticism very very well whether it come yeah. from that person that actually means good or that that person that's trying to hate on you because yeah. it is like you get a perspective of what people are actually seeing and then you take that you, it allows you to then be like okay this is what people are seeing you analyze it in your own brain and make the decisions for yourself if that's accurate or not and yes. then you move on and some uh, sometimes it actually it puts you in a place where you're like yeah. oh shit okay i could be doing this better yes exactly and and like we had a guest um one of my really good friends yada he's upstairs in the office dude no, um right now yeah he's upstairs in the office Hell yeah. um, okay so he's not working for spotify i can't say who he's working for right now but it's a very big deal yeah like, wh- wh- our power circle is crazy so <laughs> he's doing some really big things hopefully he'll mention it to you um is it's awesome but on his episode, he talked about like being like back against the corner allows you to see the whole room. Mm. The corner is the only place you can see the whole room. You can't see what's behind you in the middle. Like you, you just can't. Facts. So when people start coming at you and you feel like you're from all angles, like it's okay. You don't have to leave the room. Just you know, back mm. up and look at what it's all where all it's coming from. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and then you can understand. You can pick apart. Okay, that was just mean. <laughs> that's hate. Uh, oh dang, that's kind of true. I am mean sometimes. For me, that's like, for me, I don't even realize I can just be mean. I don't even hear my voice. You know what I mean? Like, it's the same thing as when I'm like singing and I'm totally tone deaf. Yeah. It's like <laughs> when I'm talking, sometimes I sound like the meanest person on earth. I don't hear it. So I like, I have to be conscious and I wouldn't if people didn't tell me. If people told me like, man, Tristan, you just sound like an ass all the time. And I was like, no, you, then I actually sound like one, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And mm. I have to sit there and be like, dang, like, what are they talking about? Like, mm. is this true? And then like really listen when I talk and become aware. And uh, we actually talked about this on the last episode. We recorded on the podcast for at least soon about awareness um, and not just self-awareness, but just awareness in general. I love that. I'm looking forward to hearing that one. Um, I know we're kind of pressed on time here. So yeah, I, I mean, could, take, I, take your time. Ask me what you got. You know what I'm Like I said, I'm not... I'm I could sit here for money. another hour, man, <laughs> and have this conversation. Me, yeah, just, let's be lax. Yeah. I don't want to rush it. For sure. Okay. Um, so mentors. You've touched on mentors a little bit. Uh, I know you've had some incredible mentors in your life. Uh, what's the power of mentors and just your perspective, the importance of them? How, you know, how does someone find a mentor? Touch on mentors for me. Yeah. So before the internet, how did people learn things? Mm. School uh, Before school and books How do people learn things? Doing it Before uh, even doing it How would you learn about something? Someone else? Point proven It's in our nature mm. It's been a thing Since we've been a thing Gotcha You cannot start fires Like and pass that on For millions of years Or how many thousands of years I don't even know the dates on that I need to start looking this up Because <laughs> I talk about the past Um someone else hadn't done it like there everything that you want to do someone else has done to some degree Mm. right it is so hard to have an original idea now at the same time this is like a i don't have the quote finalized but i'm trying to get it finalized so i got people can cite me on it but like it is it is as impossible to have an original idea as it is to have the same idea twice Mm. like we have I think it's like, what, 600,000 thoughts a day or 6,000 thoughts a day or whatever, and it's like, it's never the same. But there's so do 7 billion other people, like just about what they're going to eat, right? Learning from other people is the fastest way to accomplish anything because you can cut your learning curve so fast. Like if you have 
um, somebody in your family who has money doing this one thing, and that's a thing you like, what are you going to do? You're going to go to them. You're not going to go to school for that one thing. Now, if they say go to school, you're going to do what they say because it's what you like to do, right? Mm -hmm. But if they say, well, just come work here and learn it, you're going to do it. Um, if it's something you like to do, like somebody, somebody else has already done it. So for me, like mentors, like I like everything, right? My grandpa, like I think he likes pretty much everything. Like I mean, he's like a grumpy old man, but also like he likes things. And I was around old people who liked all kinds of random things and had combined hundreds of years of experience. Like my, I mean, my great grandpa lived to be 94. My great grandma lived to be 92. Like I was blessed to have grandparents and I could just ask them questions because grandparents have patience. Mm. They'll answer anything. Yeah. And I'm the kid who asks questions. <laughs> so, um, I realized very young, you can learn from people and you'll get stuff so much faster. And if they haven't experienced it, the odds of someone else knowing someone who has versus you is super high. Like I can tell you right now, I don't know engi any engineers at all. I might actually, but I, I don't. <laughs> but if I ask you, you might know someone who does before I'm going to go find one, mm. right? Or go knock down a company door yeah. and like, can I talk to an engineer? <laughs> like about what? I don't know. I just need to know one. You can ask, so if you ask someone else, not how to do something, but just like about the thing, yeah. it's just as fast as Google, you know? Mm. And that's why we buy those products and we buy information because A, they have something we want and uh, B, they had to get it somehow. <laughs> Facts. So if you want what somebody else has, you do what they do and you get what they have. And um, you don't even have to copycat. Copycat, you can just model. It's going to be hard to do the same thing twice anyways, just like, just like those thoughts. So mentors to me, they're incredible. Um, right now, you know, programs are my mentors. I don't have mm. a person because like I haven't met that person who has exactly what I want. Yeah. Um, I have people who have pieces of what I want, like they know how to generate lots of money or they know how to, they are very happy, but maybe they're missing that other piece um, or they have connections, right? But I have, don't have that person who has it all. Feel so I don't have anybody to pay money to like <coughs> teach me how to do it all, but I can piece. I can piece it together. And that's the biggest thing is when you come in, uh, into life with an approach of just that, that, um, wanting to actually learn and being able to, no matter who you're talking to, even if it's just someone sitting on the side of the, the corner or, or the, the street, you know, homeless or whatever, you know, for me personally, I try to, uh, take away something from every single interaction that I make yeah. on a day-to-day -day basis because I mean yeah maybe they're not like my mentor but mm -hmm. who knows like they might know something that you don't and so I think that mentors are, are all around us life everywhere is, life man. is a mentor man everywhere and like they talk about like childhood development and how fast children develop in like their first seven years of life or first 10 years so you're telling me what do children do ask questions mm -hmm. they're curious they're playful like they have no idea about the quote-unquote problems um, in in the world. And if you were to act like that, now as an adult you get responsibilities. But I'm a big kid. Like you can ask all my friends, like I'm the most and least mature person in the room at all times. I will laugh about anything. <laughs> like, dude, I'll crack up over like the stuff that you're supposed to get over when you're like 10. It's yeah, just yeah. so – because to me it's like, I don't know, it's just how I do stuff. Yeah, you know, yeah. like it's just – it's funny. Like it was funny then. It's funny now. But at the same time, like I'm taking care of a lot of big boy stuff. Mm. You know, I have to. I've got people to take care of now. I got people who depend on me. I've always had that. 
And so, uh, if I didn't have people paving the way who've done it the same way, and someone always has it worse than you too, you know, and has has done better than what you're doing. So you've got to have that perspective that like, man, I learned so much when I was a kid and it taught me this. If I knew then what I knew now, right? Mm-hmm. The only way you learned it was by asking. So just keep asking. So what's something that you wish you um, knew five years ago that you know today? Ooh, man. <laughs> like I can see my future kind of thing or like, or just like a principle. Just a principle. Yeah. Like something that you know now that you're like, if I knew this five years ago, this would have made life so much easier. Uh, oh yeah, definitely to just like that. I was going to be, um, not to like toot my own horn, but like great. Mm. I did not have confidence. Gotcha. I did not have confidence. I did not have confidence in the results I could produce or business or, or myself. Mm. And, uh, and now I'm more humble than I was then. Mm. But I know now that I can be great. And I did not know that then, you know, I was coming out of high school at that time, five years ago. And I've written about this before and shared it with people, uh, quote unquote, you know, like broken per se, like broken home, broken family, broken wallet, broken everything. You know, I had no idea. And I, because of that, I didn't think that it was ever going to work out. I was just trying to figure it out and mm. not end up like the other people around me. That's how like my grandpa taught me. So my brother's dad taught me, go anywhere, go to any party, go do anything you want. But when you go for the first time, watch and see who you don't want to be like, mm, right? I was going to parties when I was like 13 or 14, but I wasn't drunk. I wasn't drinking. I was 13 years old. Yeah. Instead, I went and was like, oh, don't want to be like that guy. <laughs> don't want to be like that girl. Um, definitely don't want to be like that. And not in a judgmental way. It's just like, oh, like. You can see when you're not, you know, participating, when you're looking from the corner, you can Mm -hmm. see that face. Like, you ever see a guy hit on a girl and the girl's obviously uncomfortable? Yeah. Same facial expression in every girl on earth when a guy hits on them that's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. I picked up on that when I was 13. Mm. So, like, when I'm watching at a room and I see that, I'm like, not that. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't want to be that guy. And um, it's helped me tremendously building relationships as a whole, like not with girls. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's helped me tremendously to be able to like take that approach. And if I would have been confident in that, that I can just learn from other people and just like keep learning and that because of that, I can share it and just be like this great resource, like stuff that people are just telling me I am now and I'm, I'm grateful for it, but I'm not where I want to be. I wasn't able to even set those goals of where I wanted to be because I had no idea of my abilities. Mm. Um, so understanding that I had potential, that would be it. the number one thing. And so what would be then two books that you recommend everyone should read? Ooh, okay, man. So I'm like a, a like present person, so whatever I'm like reading in the present I think it's like the greatest thing in the world. Okay. So presently I'm reading the monk who sold his Ferrari. Uh, uh, who's that by? Uh, uh, something Sharma. Um, it's a, it's a great, I've heard multiple people talk about this book in the past, like two weeks. Yeah. It's, it's good. It, okay. Like it's just good. Like I'm going to read it. Easy read. Like so good. Um, I'm currently reading that and like, I'm just like making like instantaneous change off of it, which is mm. cool. But the first book I ever read, was Rich Dad Poor Dad? Love it. Same. Uh, Josh recommended it, and like I listened to him. What's good? There he is. Right there, bro. there's Yachty there too. How you doing, brother? Um, right on. We need to catch up. Um, yep. So it was uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad, and I was like, 
oh, like money, assets, you know, it's just like all the stuff you learn in the in the book that's like very principle based. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that probably makes a lot of sense. Like, it's just so practical. And an actual book would be Awaken the Giant Within by Tony Robbins. Love and that, that like hit me in the core. You know what I mean? Yeah, I learned about my psychology and I, I learned got about cold chills when you said that because <laughs> it changed my life. It yeah, literally dude, did. Like when I learned about that, I learned about myself. Mm. And it's like, it's not like I just had like confidence like in year two or three or four. You said five years ago. I'm still like just getting it, like getting a taste of that I can really help people. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I'm just now like falling into the, the role. But if I would have knew that, then it would be crazy so awaken the giant within i would have told myself to read that like first it's a big book and yeah. i would have said no <laughs> yeah, it's same. a big book same. and i hate reading but <laughs> i do it and that's what i would have read i love it and so um the power of networking what's your opinion on on networking and how has it impacted your life yeah uh i mean there's only one thing that has everything you want in this life and it's other people Mm. you don't want things unless like other people already have them a car a vacation home uh a business a girlfriend right like like it's almost impossible to think of something that's not tangible and everything that's tangible is made by people Mm. everything um you know or within so networking is literally like survival like you're you're Mm. like how did people learn stuff? How did people learn that like this blueberry or this berry was not poisonous? <laughs> other people like how do people learn that like don't go in those woods? There's a tiger. Like other people literally survival. Like mm. other people sharing their information um, and sharing what they knew would literally keep you alive. And like if you see it that way, like see it as like man, there's only like one way I'm getting through this world, and it's with other people. Either they're on my back, or I'm on theirs, or like we're shoulder to shoulder. Whatever the case is, then um, you'll really start to like move forward. So networking is huge, and I don't do the most amazing job because once I get stuck in like a working loop or a learning loop, I will stay. You're there. consumed. Yeah, I'll go absent. I'll go dark on my social media for like weeks, mm. and I do not mean to. So I'm like making myself do it now because people are telling me like, "Where'd you go?" And like, you know, come back. <laughs> and so I'm making myself do it, even though I'm in like a crazy learning loop right now and a crazy working loop. I'm like, I also have to be in a crazy like people group. Like that has to be first. Mm. Um, it has to be first. And um, if for some people it's hard. And, and for some people, I understand, like, my brother's total opposite of me. And uh, I understand it. it's hard. Social, like, pressure, uh, fear. Like, a lot of people, all problems are also people problems. So just like all your solutions are with people, almost every problem is like a people problem. You either don't have the person to solve it or a person you feel like caused it, mm. you know. Um, so it's very scary. And you just have to get over it because people want to be good. Yeah, that, that's a... Uh goes back to relationships man relationships are everything and everything we're, we're in constant contact with people um so yeah i love your perspective on that do you think that social media for you is something that um is beneficial or more of a distraction uh it can easily become a distraction okay. like j cole's song it's like he says i fell in love through photographs yeah. i'll do that with like the nerdiest stuff not even <laughs> ladies you know what i mean like nerdiest stuff like i'll just be like like lost in yeah. like net geo like net geo or something um so i have to realize that so i set on timers on my phone like we have screen 
timers now like mm-hmm. i spend including like uh, messages including everything else like uh, on my screen like less than like three or four hours a day now because i'm on my laptop working or yeah. like with people other people doing stuff like this and um it, it it can be both but at the same time a lot of like some of the most amazing things that have ever happened to me are because of social media mm. you know um if i wasn't able to stay in contact with my friend who goes on you know who's a he's a lighting designer and on tour a shout out to marcus mj led he uh i wouldn't have met um uh, like a really big artist and i like, hung out on their tour bus you know what i mean with them personally and like exchanged like words <laughs> and other things for yeah. hours like cool experiences <laughs> amazing and, and it happened because of other people i wouldn't know who you guys were you know mm. if it wasn't for social media i wouldn't know about the space people wouldn't even know about me i couldn't help as many people It would take me so much longer mm. like you know how long it would take me to mentor somebody or help somebody without social media mm. like i'm able to post stuff now to where people can reach out to me and be like thank you i needed this and then i'm like you didn't need it you you're good you can do this How, what can i do for you Love you that. know what i mean yeah like you know don't use me as motivation what what do you need from you and then i what can i give to you to get there mm. that couldn't happen without social media true you know i don't have enough phones <laughs> it wouldn't wouldn't be possible so it's it's a good mix you just got to know you and see if it's dangerous or not easiest way dude check out your screen time mm. that i mean data does not lie results do not lie true or just think back are you sitting there scrolling do you catch yourself just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling oh i've seen that one before (laughs) i've seen that one my like literally i think i like a subconscious rule i have like once the algorithm shows me something twice if i haven't liked it it's time to get off (laughs) which is like within five minutes like i I was like ah this is a waste of time so yeah um it's good and bad right on uh so we both had the privilege to go down to miami not too long ago to go to grant cardone's 10x uh, growth con amazing speakers there was john maxwell ty lopez steve harvey damon john sarah blakely jesse itzler all these people yeah what was the biggest thing that you took away from this conference dude when I think maybe that would have been like part of the paradigm shift is when Steve Harvey was like, you're a gift, man. Dude, I, cried, I cried when Steve Harvey talked, dude, I was thinking about mm. my life. I'm like, I, I can't even talk about it right now. I'm getting like that little fuzzy feeling in your nose right before you cry <laughs> and like tear up. And, uh, I started thinking about my life cause it's like so relatable. You know what I mean? And Steve's been through more than I've been through and he's doing all these things behind the scenes. He gets seen on TV. He's doing all these things. And like, of course, people still hate on him. Of course, he still makes mistakes. You know, he does all this stuff. And I'm like, like, Steve, you're me. You know what I mean? Like, mm. I'm a younger version of you right now, you know. And it hit me so hard, like, finding that gift. Because I was like, man, I'm so good at learning. I'm so good at teaching. Like, why am I not doing both of these things, like, all the that. time? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I'll learn something. Someone will tell me to learn something. And then I'll go back and teach them about the thing they told me to learn. Mm. And, uh it's like it's like a gift you know what i mean it's like because i was raised by old people who like teach you stuff all the time you know what i mean so i'm like i have both like i'm learning from them all the time and then like teaching other kids when my grandparents are teaching me um so it was great and then uh john maxwell when he kept saying every day every day and he just kept saying like they're like how do you write so many books he's like oh, it's easy i write every day and they're like what do you mean every day and he literally was like <laughs> scribbling in the air every day and he just kept going back and forth <laughs> um that and jesse Itzler. um mm. jesse when he said like apply the fucking pressure like apply the pressure like i've always had pressure on my back always i had self-pressure i had family pressure i had life pressure i had financial pressure i had all this stuff 
I mean, 2018, insane pressure. January, welcome a baby into the world, and I mm-hmm. have senior track season where I'm a star athlete. Like, like at that time, like a big deal. I'm trying to run professionally. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm still training right now. I'm trying to do that stuff. And, and I got a business, and now I'm paying other people. So mm-hmm. they depend on me, you know? The people were like, taking out uh, car loans because they're depending on money from me so they can pay it so they can get around and do other work. Like, because money they're getting from me. Mm. I've never had that before. Mm. And I got to go to class. Yeah. You know, so I was like, man, applying the pressure, applying the pressure. That was pressure that was not real pressure. I let it, I let it be on me. And he was like, apply the pressure. You got to do it to yourself. And when he's like said that, it like resonated. Like, I was letting the wrong pressure apply to me. I could have applied all that pressure myself and it would have seemed so much lighter. So like Josh and I have done that like significantly, like just like apply the pressure and every single time, like, you know, like the whole like pressure makes a diamond, you know, blah, 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 blah. It just keeps happening. Like Mm. things just keep like escalating because we just keep on, uh, taking very calculated risks, but applying pressure. And, and those were all great. Ty was great too, man. He was just like, that was an interesting talk that Ty gave. Cause it was the first time that I actually heard him speak, uh, publicly. Yeah. And it was interesting to see that. Yeah. And how so, he, how so, he handled it. so everybody knows Ty teaches all these things and then he comes out on stage. He does this at every stage. He asks, what do you want to learn? Cause I have this and I can teach you this. Do you want to learn it? Everybody's always like, woo, Ty's the guy. <laughs> and then he starts teaching it and he will stop midway and be like, is this what you want to learn? He's so nonchalant cause he doesn't even like doing that stuff. Like he doesn't even consider himself a mentor at all. And um, I was talking to people after, and like, what do you think of that Ty Lopez guy? Uh, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, I mean, he's made me more money than I could ever dream of. So yeah. I thought it was great. And they're like, I think he was kind of a jerk and blah, 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 but like, great for you. And I'm like, well, you're missing something. Like, mm. like, well, like, how'd you get to the conference? So I started asking these questions. Oh, my boss paid for it. And like, you know, I'm just coming and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, well, there's the problem. It yeah. was not Ty's speech. Mm-hmm. So uh, his whole presentation of things was just hilarious because yeah. he was so nonchalant. He still brought value, crazy amounts of value, but he did it differently than everybody else. And um, that was really, really cool to me because he did it differently. Mm. So I think that was like really like all the biggest impacts. And Grant just kept over-delivering. Yeah, honestly, every single speaker, when uh, Elena Cardone, when she spoke, that was powerful, too. I missed a lot of that, but I remember her talking about the horses being able to pull, mm, and, like, yep. you would think that two horses pull twice as much, but they actually pull, like, three times as much, and, mm-hmm. like, four horses you would think would pull four times as much, but it's actually, like, 16 times or 20 times as much, and it talks about the power of, like, that group, the power of, you know, your team, the power of mm. having that stuff, and it just, like, solidified a lot of what we were doing. Uh, see, this is a, this is a whole nother conversation, but you can attest to this: the the people that you surround yourself with have the biggest impact on your life, and it's so important to surround yourself with you know not only that your you know your tribe, the people that you're going to war with, but the people um, that are smarter than you. You know, um, being, if you're the smartest person in the room, then you're in the wrong room. Right, right, right. Um, so. That yeah, I love that. That's a different conversation. But you you had said something that um, about pressure and mm-hmm. being able to apply the pressure. Um, you know, Jesse Isler talks about apply that pressure. But you were saying how you uh, you know a year ago you had so much pressure on your shoulders, um, and it wasn't necessarily. I mean, good pressure, bad pressure. But in the moment, you were probably stressed out. You were like, you know, what like what do I like, what do I need to do? Like all this stuff, it was that pressure where you were, you were stressing. So how does someone 
handle that pressure that's like that i mean is it how do you handle pressure that that's stressing you out is it through that meditation is it through what up what up is it through you know what's your strategy for that yeah i mean and when i say i honestly didn't have time to meditate like i mean it like i would sit down to read because i knew personal development was important and fall asleep at the table you know because it was like 18 19 hour days of not being home it's not Mm. 18 hour days like yeah i'm working and that includes dinner and blah 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 i'm like no like i leave like our track was under construction right so i'm also at having to drive to another school to practice and uh i'm leaving every day like 6 a.m like leaving minimum i'm not getting home till 10 or 11 i haven't had dinner yet after practice sometimes you know what i mean so sometimes less than five or six hours miserable man and um it showed you know, mm-hmm. and, and my teammates, and I'm starting to reach out to some of them that were underclassmen. I was hard on them because I was like, you don't even understand. Like, you want to complain about practice. Like, this is just practice. Like, practice? Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Like, <laughs> exactly. Um, and then, like, people, well, you have a baby now, so are you going to, what, drive out of school? No, I can't. I got. I want to run. You know, are you going to get married? I can't afford that. And that's not, you know, how life works sometimes. You want to do this. Like, people tell me what to do. Then you own a business and people, you know, telling you all to do this stuff. And I was letting that, like, come in and try to do too much. Uh, so for me, getting over that pressure, like, didn't, luckily it was such a short period of time. Because I know people are under tremendously, like, more stressful things than that for longer. Uh, for me, it was like seven months or so uh, straight. I mean, I had all that pressure before, you know, about a year mm-hmm. coming in through it all. But having it all really at once was seven months straight of just absolute hell. Wow. And um, it was tough. Like, I just had to get through it. I had to show up. At the very least, I had to show up. I'd say that's what got me through it. I never missed a practice, ever. I never missed a meet. I left the hospital to get on the bus to go to Iowa after the day, my, after, day after my son was born mm. to go to Iowa for a meet. Um, I left. Um, he, you know, he came to different meets and stuff, too. I would leave, you know, class and go to practice, practice to go to a shoot, a shoot to go to, like, a dinner or a study session that I had to go to. It was, like, mandatory um, to, you know, this, to that, and the other. Um, or, you know, if I was cooking at home, I, I just showed up. At the very least, I showed up. Mm. Like, never missed anything. Never missed class. I never missed an appointment with my son. I never missed um, a practice. I never missed a meet. I never, I never missed anything. And that is what like allowed me to at least get through it because at the very least I was present so I could tell teachers like yo this is like going on and or other classmates I could tell my coaches knew they knew um and they understood nobody took it easy on me you know Mm um uh Carter's mom you know she knew she knew I'm still not easy to be around because I'm going through all this but like at least I'm there Mm. you know and I could I could say that too proudly I'm here I got all this stuff pulling me. I'm here, you know, in every, all four situations. My business the same way. You know, I did not leave Josh hanging at all. I did not leave my employees hanging at all. We failed. We lost things. We lost money. We did little things here and there, but that were not right. But that's learning. Same thing happened in track. Same thing happens in school. I didn't get straight A's every single day. So um, I, at the very least, it was showing up. So when people are in that situation, and the pressure is being applied. You got to at least show up. If I went ghost, lost scholarship, didn't would not have graduated, um, bit would have went out of business. Um, that's pretty much everything, right? Maybe lost the ability to see my son and be the only thing I ever wanted to be was a dad. Mm. Just by if I would have 
took taking some me time, you know, and left for a week. And um, after after it all finished, I did do that, but I prepared everyone for it. I packed up, went to Europe by myself with a backpack. <laughs> Uh, awesome. And no money, and learned a lot of stuff the hard way that way too. But How long? that was uh, ten days. Okay. But it was after track, it was after school, uh, it was after figuring things out, and it was Josh was prepared like with the business. We were moving back, moving to Indianapolis, anyways. Yeah. So, you know, you got to take that time, but it's not on your time. Sometimes it's not on your time, mm-hmm. and and if you at least show up, then when it is your time, people will respect it, and everybody understood what was going on. Everybody understood me packing up with no money and going to, to go into Europe um, because I showed up. I love that. Okay. I got a couple more questions for you before good, we head good. out of here. Um, what would be, who, who are some of your biggest inspirations? Mm. Um, my great grandpa, he was at Pearl Harbor Had a bunch of kids went through the great depression. Um, lived to be 94 went through everything i mean this man like refused to die for the longest time it was so crazy like i mean totaled a car like 93 years old and like oh wow was fine sent <laughs> other people to the hospital <laughs> like, what um it was incredible to me like this man is was a warrior mm. you know and it was really cool my my own grandpa he chose to be a dad when i didn't have one mm. um and he would i mean he even told me when i was a kid i'm this way like you get you know to do things with me because you don't have a dad which at the time didn't sting. But thinking about it now, like, I wish he wouldn't have had to say that. Um, my brother's dad, uh, a bunch of random dudes, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> um, my brother's dad, you know, calling my dad. Um, you know, I call him dad. He calls me son. Uh, we have other names for each other that we really go by. But uh, anybody wants to say I'm going to my dad's, that's where I'm going. And uh, those guys, you know, and a bunch of other guys, one of my friend's dads, a lot of my friend's dads, you know, a mm. bunch of different dudes bunch of different dudes were all like role models in in different ways there was never really a celebrity i didn't you know watch tv like that i didn't there was never a car you know i'm not into that i never got to see it so i never put it on the dream board Mm. um there was never a a business type or a celebrity like a movie star or anything that i was like i want to be like that guy it was like really it's like Literally, like, kind of like my grandpa and brother's dad told me, it's like, I just don't want to be like these guys. Or yeah. not those guys, though. Not those guys. I don't want to be like these guys over here in these, you know, situations. I don't want to be 13 deep in a double wide trailer. Mm. I don't want to be broke. I don't want to be struggling. I don't want to be, you know, um, figure, getting a new job when I'm 40 and terrified with my retirement. I don't, yeah, you know, I just don't want all this stuff that other people stress about. And so for me, it was more about what I didn't want than what I did, which I would not advise other people to do. You got to know what you do want. Like, for example, like if you don't want debt, you're going to keep thinking about debt and you're going to get more debt. Right. So like, don't do what I did. I was a kid. It allowed me to do that. Think about what you do want. Now that we have the Internet, I didn't have the Internet. Like I live in the country. I did not have the Internet. I was a senior in high school. Like (laughs) no Internet. And we're like, that's like crazy. Like, think about that right now. Like no Internet. Like if it was stripped away from you. So my limited access to information was the best thing that ever happened to me mm. because I was able to figure stuff out in here, like get hardwired a little differently than a lot of people in our generation. And um, that for me was like the biggest key it was like, well, I don't want to do all this stuff. I don't know what I want to do, but it's not all this stuff. When was the moment then when um, 
when you realized the power of visualization and when did you really make that switch to be like, okay, instead of focusing on all of these things that I don't want, it's like, this is what I want. Yeah. Um, when we started network marketing and I was like, listening to Josh, I was around Josh more. We started a business and like, we started meeting people with money Mm -hmm. we started meeting people with like experiences. We started meeting people who had traveled. We started doing all these things. I started really talking to more people and not as a child, like as like a young adult or adult to I could learn. Mm. So when I started learning from other people, I was like, Oh, these are the possibilities. Like these are all the things that are out there. Like there are so many countries I can go see in so many languages and there, there are so many subjects. Like I didn't even know they had bowling in college. You know, (laughs) I didn't even get to take bowling. Um, there's, you know, all these things and all these possibilities and like, I'm all about it. And, when I looked at everything I didn't want to be, there was really no choice but me for to like set, you know, the bar at wherever it is, mm. um, to be that giver, to be that teacher, to be, you know, financially free so I can make other people be that way. Um, and so when I started setting goals was like probably my sophomore or junior year, which is when we started our business. It was when I started to get really good at track uh, I got a new coach who come in. What do you want to accomplish? And I was like, I don't know. And he's like, well, then how am I going to train you? <laughs> mm. And then he, we set the bar and crushed it, you know, and then we set it again and crushed it and set it again and crushed it. And it's just started getting fine tuned that like, okay, now it's not what I don't want. It's like, it just started happening. Gotcha. You know, there was never like that moment, like, Oh, blah, 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 blah. It just started happening. Like, well, if I talk about it, it just seems to happen. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because if I talk about it, I either know about it or I know what I need to do about it. Gotcha. So it just kind of kind of happened. Same thing with having a baby. I talked about <laughs> it. It happened. You know? Like, oh, wait. Wait a second here. <laughs> this makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what's your definition of success? For me, dude, I actually I defined that on my first ever like or second YouTube videos. Trash, honestly, at the time. <laughs> I had, like, <laughs> it was like a year ago because um, I wanted to do the same thing I'm doing now, but I had no like vehicle. Um, success to me, I wish I could remember like definition because the definition was good. It's just the video was trash. But like to me, because it's like the same core beliefs, I just haven't had to answer this question. Um, is to be able to give, mm. whether it's resources, not like knowledge, time, money, uh, hope. I mean, pretty much every physical spiritual uh you know thing you can think of if you do not have it within in some way to where you can lend it to others or give it to others you don't have success Mm. it's it's a it is not a finite like one-stop shop like success is having x sorry uh is having x in this amount of x to me it's like success is knowing x within or whatever it be because like spiritual like there's no value on that right Mm -hmm. there's no like number on it yeah and to be able to give it to help like other people if you have acquired whatever it is yourself the skill of basket weaving (laughs) or the thrill of being happy all the time if you have acquired it in a way that you can help other people in an instant whether it be a 10 second talk like you see a homeless man on the street you know i see you i pray for you i love you have a great day and it changed their day or it be mentoring somebody who's 15 or 50 for a year if you don't have that knowledge or that thing yourself then you're not you know successful in that arena i love it um and so what would be the biggest impact that you're trying to make on this world you know what's your why my why 
man, uh, it would be, I mean, the impact I'm trying to be is I'm, I'm really trying to be the guy. I don't, it's not about like being famous, for example. Like, I don't want to be like movie star, like famous. Mm-hmm. Like, I like the idea of Tony Robbins. I like the idea of Ty Lopez. Um, I like those characters um, because they teach other people how to think. Yeah. You know, they're truly influential. They really change people's lives. For me, it is all the things that I've been through. Like, we, I mean, there's so much we couldn't unpack. You know, there's not enough time on this podcast to, talk about some of the things that have happened to me and there's somebody out there who's been through those things and it changes their life in a negative way forever right not having a dad can send somebody on a totally different path being 13 deep in a trailer can teach you some messed up paradigm about life that makes you lose opportunities for forever right Mm -hmm. never having money can make you never have money and never feel that there's list abuse and like all these things that can happen to you you know and my thing as the guy is you know i'm probably going to go through some more things it's just the way life is Mm -hmm. is to to be the one who's like well i've been through this or i or i know the person very closely who has and this is what we can do to get you on the other side um my why is because if i wouldn't have had all those other experiences to me i would not know why i'm doing what i'm doing i would Mm -hmm. not know how to change my life and I wouldn't be able to help other people. So for me, that's what it's about is like unpacking me and the people oh, I meet and what they go through in a way that another person can realize it's not just them. They're not alone. They do not have to feel the way that I felt or they don't have to feel that way again and they can move forward. Mm, I love that. Have you ever been to any of Tony Robbins seminars? Never, dude. I'm like, honestly, I'm so terrified of the paradigm shift that could come out of it, (laughs) like in a good way. Yeah. But like, I've been to these other things. Like, I mean, like two weekends ago, I was at an amazing event and I just cried for four days straight. Mm. (laughs) Like, and I haven't cried since like my best friend died, you know, Mm. 10 years ago. Oh, couldn't even, my great grandpa was a legend. Couldn't even cry at his funeral. I was like, felt bad because people were looking at me and I'm just like stale faced. But I was like trying, man. And like, I was like, what is wrong with me? Like, why am I feeling this way? And then I started having all these like emotional paradigm shifts and, and feeling, you know, feeling, mm-hmm. feeling, feeling, you know. Um, and I look at Tony Robbins stuff and I'm like, dude, if I go to this now, like, <laughs> like, like you can only stretch a rubber band so much. Like how? Bro, I challenge you this year to go to um, his Unleash, uh, uh, unle- what is it? UIP, un- Unleash the Power um, Within. Yeah. Wait, UPW, it? UPW, Unleash yeah. the Power Within. Uh, I think it's date? in, I don't know the exact date, but I believe they just did one. I think there's another one in August. Okay. That's um, like perfect timing. Yeah. I have time to digress and adjust. adjust and Dude, it was, you're going to love it. Um, there was moments when you have 10,000 people at the time. I mean, there, it could be bigger next time. But when, when I went last year, 10,000 people, um, you know, he, he's digging down and making everyone feel the, like the deepest, darkest feelings and emotions that you've ever experienced. And yeah. he's, he's putting you in this state because yeah, he's, he's training you how to jump out of that state and yeah, go and change a, and change into a beautiful state just in the snap of a finger. So he puts you in this deep, deep, dark place. And then he basically, after like 15, 20 minutes of going through it, he says, all right, now go stop. And then like everyone switches the, the, the light yeah. switch. Right. But at the time, 
10,000 people, I mean, just feeling the negative energy and people are crying, like yelling, screaming, like you can sense the demons in this room. It was incredible, Um, but it's life changing. And just like sitting here talking to you and, and uncovering your mindset i know that train for that one (laughs) it it will be life-changing for sure um i'm gonna try to make it out again because dude let's just go together i'm down i'm down let's just go together we'll just solidify it right now so we need to start doing our research right (laughs) bet um it's the same event where you you walk barefoot across 12 feet of burning hot coals uh and he trains your your brain how to like not even feel it most spiritually empowering thing did you do it yeah yeah most spiritually empowering thing i've ever done in my life it was crazy but you would think it would like hurt your feet right yeah you don't like you can't even feel it that's burning amazing. hot coals a, a stove is like 300 to 500 degrees uh the coals are like 1200 to 2000 degrees fahrenheit something crazy like that um Dang. so it's it's a good experience for sure and Appreciate and that. you're definitely gonna enjoy that one awesome um, where can people find you man Oh yeah, uh, T Parm Teach on everything. Okay. It's like that simple. T Parm Teach. I don't even. I don't even know if you could spell that wrong. I don't want to <laughs> spell it. In our uh, our um, podcast is at Mind Fluxed. So M I N D F L U X E D. Perfect. And then, um, so is there anything else? The mic is yours right now. Is there anything else that you want to say? Plug p- plug anyone. Give a shout out to anyone. All you. Yeah, I, I would have said. Uh, no, but you said plug, and it just like reminded me of other people. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but you know, I really want to shout out to everybody who's like listening and what they're doing, um, even if they don't know what it is yet. And then you know, my partner Josh, mm. um, dude, definitely brother, cut from like you know the same cloth, but like assembled in different factories. It's crazy, man. <laughs> like um, we had a crazy breakthrough moment today too, and it just like keeps happening. Um, and you know, for there's just so many people I could mention. And so for those of the people who listen to this, who know me, you know exactly who you are, you know, and, um, I could not do it without other people. So Facts. I appreciate you having me and, 100%. um, I'm grateful for them for being able to kind of like elevate me into a way that where I could be on this. I appreciate you coming out and just spending the time, bro. I have one last question for you. And the question is, so this is something I ask everyone. Um, if, you go through life and you all your dreams come true, right? And um, you teach thousands of people. You write books. You all your information is shared. Um, you achieve the things that you want to achieve in life. Um, and at the end of your life, you go on and everything that you've done, put out there into the world, all your information, it's wiped, gone right uh-huh. you get to leave one lesson behind to your children to the your family the closest people to you what would that lesson be oh, wow that is like a you ask everybody that question yeah does everybody <laughs> have the same reaction i'm having right now sometimes yeah <laughs> dude that's deep uh simple simple straight to the point it's the first thing i learned in college mm. health is wealth health is wealth that's a good one and no one said that before mental spiritual physical health mm. is wealth man that's take that's care deep. of it it'll take care of you i love it health is wealth dude i appreciate Bro. you for coming on appreciate it, man. it was an awesome time talking to you guys Thank this you. is another episode of uh novelty growth voice episode 21 
Tristan, I just want to say, you know, keep doing what you're doing, inspiring people. The content that you're putting out there on your social media platforms is definitely motivating, um, inspiring. So uh, keep grinding, man. You have a lot of greatness ahead of you. And, uh, dude, I appreciate you. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Right on. See you guys. It's Adam Karendang, and we're signing off.